Hi, it's Karen here. And before we begin, I want to share some behind the scenes information. I have been organizing, writing, hosting, and producing this show for nearly two years. And I love sharing stories to inspire you with these messages of hope, happiness, and better health. Though in the day-to-day, there are costs incurred. And so we've created some inspirational swag. From t-shirts to baby onesies to cropped hoodies and more, this will hopefully help us afford to produce this show. So please, I would appreciate it if you'd check it out. You can go to prettywellness.com and head to the shop tab. Let's begin. I want to welcome you to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide for cancer patients and caregivers that shares the same name as this podcast. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. If you've liked these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. Or reach out to us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. We love connecting and sharing healthy lifestyle resources. So please, grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Chantelle Garcia. Chantelle is an accounting and operations expert with a passion for helping business owners. She found innovative consulting and solutions in order to help business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs stay organized, productive, and of course, profitable. She's also incredibly active in the community. She's the treasurer of the Board of Directors for Literacy Volunteers of Greater New Haven and a board member of the Connecticut Women's Consortium. I am so happy to have her here today to learn more about her story and how to adjust to things we just can't control. Thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. You are so close to me being just in in Connecticut. And I, I... I love it. We were talking earlier about how technology is a beautiful thing. Like we can be so close or so far away, yes. yet still able to have these heartfelt conversations. I want to throw it to you. And if you could share a little bit, I know that you've had a rough, we'll just say few years here. If you could tell the listeners a bit about it. Sure, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Chantel Garcia, and I am a mother of three, uh, three beautiful children. Um, my husband's Miguel. And, you know, like ever for everyone, the pandemic has been very, very hard. Um, this year in particular, it just seemed like a lot of things were just happening back to back to back. Um, you know, I was very excited at the end of last year to make a transition, leaving my CFO job. Um, at a nonprofit organization, um, getting ready to really grow my business that I have been kind of, you know, nurturing on the side a bit. 
and then um, learned the beginning of this year that my son had a tumor. Um, for weeks, he had been complaining about a headache. Um, you know, the doctors kind of brushed it off as migraines because it runs in a family. But, you know, just being a mom, you just have that intuition, like something is off, something's not right. So I just decided to bring him to the, the ER. Um, it was actually right after, I distinctly remember, right after our first snowstorm um, this year, back in February. And um, as soon as I brought him in, the, the doctors there just ordered him an MRI right away. Um, he was three years old and they said, you know, no three-year-old should be complaining about headaches like that. And sure enough, it was a brain tumor. And the craziest part about it is that the signs were all, always there and we never noticed. Like he was just very clumsy and my mom would mention it all the time. Like, you know, he's always tripping over his feet or bumping into things. Um, or like randomly he would sit down at the table and we thought he was just being silly and would like fall off the chair. Um, he was drooling a lot and we would mention it to the doctors and they said, well, some kids take a little longer to grow out of it. And you know, his shirt would be wet his mask because you know everyone had to wear a mask it was just those little things um that we just thought it was his age his you know it was just normal um but it was all related to this tumor this entire time and obviously there's risk um with taking out a tumor and having brain surgery and they said pretty much where the tumor was it controlled his breathing it controlled his balance um, and actually his his speech, which is why he was drooling so much. So it was causing him to be dizzy and off balance. It was causing him to not be able to control his tongue, which is why, you know, even when he would speak, you can really understand him. But again, everyone brushed it off as he's three. He'll grow out of it. Now, when you went into the ER, this was your decision to go into the ER after how many months of hearing from different doctors that this is normal behavior or potentially normal behavior for a three-year-old? This was, um, it all started back in November. So about three months, almost three months. And we even saw a specialist, a neurologist, because the doctor really thought that it was migraines. And she actually filled a prescription for migraine medicine over a telehealth, mind you, um, and said, well, we'll, we'll schedule a migraine for next week, but I'm pretty sure it's, you know, we'll schedule an MRI, but I'm pretty sure it's migraine. I'm going to fill the prescription anyways, because I'm going out on maternity leave. And that was that. Um, it's just, you know, the frustrating part was that, you know, you're telling someone like my child is, is something's wrong with my child. This isn't normal. And, you know, continuing to push, but you know, the doctors, they're just like, well, it's fine. You're probably in without saying you're overreacting. Right. And they're just minimizing things. But if you don't push and advocate for your child, right. Who knows what would have happened if I didn't take him to the, the ER that day. So you took him to the ER that day because you just had it. And obviously he wasn't feeling well. And was that like, did they have the answers for you then? They did right away. They took the MRI. They came in and said, Ms. Garcia, we have to speak to you. As soon as they said that, like, I just felt it in my stomach. And it was just like this, like someone just punched me in the gut, like before they could even say it. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, like something bad. They're going to tell me something really bad. And they said, unfortunately, your son has a brain tumor. Like they pulled up the image and I could just see this thing 
you know, granted, I don't know what the size was like in real life, but it looked like a baseball, like right dead smack in the middle of the back of his head, right smack in the middle of the back of his head. And two days, they're like, we have to prep him for surgery. You're going to admit you, um, admit him, get ready for surgery. And the hardest part was that, you know, because of COVID, my husband couldn't be there with me. Um, and so it was, it, it was talking to a million and one doctors um, and having all these people rush towards you. You have like a life coach to kind of help him, right? And talk about what's happening and what's going to happen. You have the neurologist, you have neurosurgery, you have the pediatricians. When I say it was like 10, 15 doctors in one room and being pulled in like 10 different directions, it was, it was like a whirlwind. and. I'm still trying to process the fact that my three-year-old has a tumor. Um, it was it was hard. And again, not having, being able to, for my mom to come, for my husband to come to comfort me, it was just like, all right, well, I have to comfort myself. You know, people are calling my phone. Obviously, I don't want to talk to anyone, but, you know, catch up with my husband and keep him posted, but also like asking my mom to stay at the house with him, with the other kids. Um, and actually I just, on top of that, um, I just had a baby. I have an 18 month old now, but at the time, you know, I was nursing her. I had to stop nursing her because I couldn't keep up with like pumping while I was at the hospital. It was just all these things. And on top of that, I just started a business. So I have clients who needed things, right? And who were looking for things under, luckily they were under understanding, like, of course, like, you know, but you leave a secure job where you are the breadwinner of a household, you take a leap of faith. And it was just like, wait a second, like smack, <laughs> wait. And, you know, part of me was like, what does recovery look like? will we ever be normal again, right? Will I ever be able to work again? How are we gonna survive? You know, my my husband, he's an electrician and he works 45 minutes away as it is, like it's already hard, you know? And, you know, even taking that risk for me was like a big risk, right? And so there's just all these things swirling in my mind, but most importantly, my baby, you know? Um, just even his birthday that just passed October and just being so grateful that he's still here. Um, it's, it, it really put things in perspective and it really reminded me that one of the reasons why I left my job is to have more work-life balance and to be there for my chil children. And that was just, you know, him going through the surgery was just a reminder like how important it is to prioritize and to always make time for your children. I work so much and would go in early, stay up late on the computer that I missed his first like two years of life. It was just kind of like he was there, right? But I didn't focus on him. I didn't, I felt like I didn't nurture him the one way I wanted to because of this idea of like hustle and grinds, right? And right there, it was like perspective, like no, nothing ever, nothing will ever come before your children, nothing. I don't care how much money it is, I don't care how fun it is, whatever. Like your children are so important, like you brought them here, right? It is your responsibility to love them, to care for them, to raise them, to nurture them. And 
you know, just sitting in the bed. He didn't really understand what was going on. He just knew that he had a whole bunch of toys given to him. They were just keeping him busy, giving him like Play-Doh and, you know, blocks and stuff. He's like, this is great. Like I'm, it's like Toys R Us in here, <laughs> you know, giving him like a little hamster that repeated everything he said. So he was entertained. So he had no idea what was going on. He was just so brave and so calm and I was just trying to hold it together you know and not show him that I was like afraid and stay just as calm as he was just so he can also remain calm because kids can sense it right they they just know when something's wrong um so how would you do that I I have so many questions swirling around, but I I mean, it's a beautiful, I'm envisioning like your son and this talking hamster back to him and making him laugh. (laughs) And in your head, you're probably having five different conversations because you probably just had five different conversations and you're trying to process how, you know, how do you connect with him knowing that you're so scared or what helped you? I, I prayed so hard that night. You know, I'm a God fearing woman. And I remember her saying, like, God, just please, this just can't be it. This boy has, is the smartest kid I know. And I'm not saying it because I'm his mom, right? Like, he is so brilliant and so loving. And he smiles. And I'm just like, why? You know? And I've grown to learn not to question God because he is so intentional and he understands that we have purpose. And sometimes we don't realize our purpose until things like this happen, right? Um, Until, you know, you think about your stories, what your purpose is. And I think you've recognized that. And so as hard as it is sometimes, um, I just had to remind myself that he is in control and he has brought us this far. Things happen for a reason, and it may not reveal itself at that time. It will eventually. But I just remember him saying, just like, just feeling just this wave of like, just comfort. All just, just, I just felt this wave like, I got you. And I just stopped. I stopped crying. You know, like I tried to cry when he was like laying down, wasn't looking at me. I just stopped. And then from there, it was just like, all right. What do we need to do? What do I need to know? I'm writing notes. I'm texting my husband. And everyone, you know, they're checking on me like, you're much more calm than most parents that come through here. Like, how are you so calm? I'm just like, he got us. He said it. He declared it. I believe him. He got us. The only way we can keep get through this is for me to just like trust him, have faith and say, okay. I need to pull it together. You know, I'll have my moment later again. But right now, Aiden needs me. I'm the only one that's here. We have to get through this. And we did. And we did. We we really did. And he's like running around. He's playing soccer right now. He's kicking around this ball. You know, all the risks they were saying he would lose balance. It's possible he could never walk. All these different things, all these risks. Boy is swimming. He's jumping. He's dancing. He's laughing. When he had the surgery, he's speaking so much more clearly. He's a four-year-old adding three numbers together at a top of the top wow. of his head. You said he was so smart. Yeah. Listen, and just God is just so good. So I, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's I'm sitting here. The, the listeners can't see me, but I've, you know, my eyes are swollen. My face is wet from the tears. It's so. 
like I'm amazed. I feel the love. I hear you talking about the love. I the comfort that you found in your faith to help you go through arguably, you know, I don't know all the rest of your life, but probably the hardest thing you've had to go through in your life and to know that you had that, you know, call it a tool or reassurance that really helped you get through when, you know, during COVID, we had so many of the the support that we couldn't really have, at least in person, had to be done differently. And so, I mean, and wow, and to hear that Aiden is doing so well. Also, you know, doctors need to tell us the potential and the hope, but they also are very clear about this, you know, what could happen. And I think that's what's that that's part of what's so scary as well. So you had talked about how you like, wow, this came out of, you know, somewhat out of nowhere because you weren't expecting it. And you trusted your gut. And obviously you got put in the hands of good doctors that helped you. What is the kind of the moving forward if you were to give advice to other parents that their kids going through something, no matter what age, I think stemming from this experience, what would you say? First, I'll follow your gut. Um, I know a lot of times we put a lot of trust into doctors because they are the expert in the field. Um, But if you know something is wrong and something doesn't seem right, follow your gut. Like doctors can be wrong too, (laughs) you know? Um, And I think we tend to forget that the doctors, oh no, they have to be right. No, they can sometimes be wrong. They're humans too. They make mistakes. Um, Advocate for your kids advocate for them. They can't defend themselves. We are here to defend them, to advocate for them and to ensure that they get the best, you know, and treatment as much as possible. Um, And, you know, I think from following my gut and just knowing, like, again, that mother's intuition, something was wrong, um, got Aiden the attention that he needed. And, you know, everyone has different faith-based, you know, and different belief systems, which I absolutely respect and spirituality, you know, connect with that to ground yourself if possible. Um, and it is hard of obviously at that moment, cause your, your mind is just all over the face and it's, it's tragic, right? It's like a form of trauma. Um, but just, just finding a way to like, just bring yourself together and just remember that you can't control everything. We are not in control. Um, and that sometimes you kind of just have to roll with it and trust that in the end, it will all come together. Um, and then that's what helped me get through, honestly. Now you also mentioned about how obviously there were a lot of lessons learned from this, whether you wanted them or not, you got them. One of which was family is the utmost priority. Yes. I can tell you, I remember vividly being in my corporate career loving my corporate career. I was proud of my corporate career. And I was at lunch with a mentor of mine, Robin. And she's like, so what's going on in your life? And I spoke really fast and for like 10 minutes about what's going on with work. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's going on outside of that? I'm like, oh, you know, my husband, my son, they're doing well. Spent about 30 seconds. Oh, and back to work and this, this and that. And we're talking more about work. And she's like, okay, but Karen, so what's the most important thing to you right now? I'm like, oh, of course, my husband and my son. And she's like, Karen, you just spent 20 minutes talking about work 
and 30 seconds about your husband and son. You don't need to answer the question to me, but who really is your priority there? Mm. And just something the way she said it, kind of reminded me of what you were talking about earlier about how sometimes, sometimes we have to, we have to go through that grind and that hustle because we need to pay the bills. Right. And it sounds like you've found another way though to still be the breadwinner in the family and also make a shift so that your family does get more attention. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that, which is similar to what I did because I, you know, I, I saw loud and clear from that conversation. I started watching myself mm. with the little things. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd go and I'd sit and I'd do emails mm. instead of, you know, watching Thomas the Train with my son or, right? right? And so there's like little things and they're just little things. And so I think I told myself, yeah, you know, I, I um, this isn't a big deal, but they added up for me, which is why I ultimately had made a change. And then obviously my health took another direction, which, added more changes, but I want to hear your story with that and what you would recommend or inspire other people when thinking about that kind of, we'll call it a dance between I need to work, but I also want to prioritize family. Sure. I, I would say, you know, this, this idea of working, it's definitely just a thing that we do here in America. <laughs> you know, we're workaholics, right? And I think a lot of, um, this idea of being successful is doing, you know, the vamp life, staying up late, grinding, getting these emails out, always feeling like we're accomplishing things by, you know, being workaholics. And that is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. It's not true because it's never ending. And the only way to feel even more successful is that we have to top that. But obviously we have to sacrifice something in, in the process. And usually that's the time with our family. Um, so you are absolutely right with those morning times, you know, sending out those emails or those text messages or those emails from your phone when the kids are at the park. Why aren't you running around with them, right? So I noticed I was doing the same exact thing. So. I've learned to just put my phone down. Um, you know, I'm with my kids. The only person that would possibly call me is my husband. I have a watch. If he calls me, I'll see. If not, I'll call that person later. And it, But it took some time to adjust and do that and say to myself, is that really important right now? Can it wait? Is it on fire? Nope. You know, can it wait, you know, another hour? Yep. Let me spend this time with my kids. They need to see us be present. They require our attention. They want eye contact. And even if it's for 30 minutes, it makes a world of a difference. And even I've noticed just even like the shift in behavior or just asking them to do things. I've learned that when you make positive deposits into little people, you'll get great results. So if you have little people who just don't want to listen to you, spend some time making those positive deposits, coloring with them, putting together a puzzle, doing what they want to do, not what you want to do, makes a world of a difference. <laughs> so can I tell you, I love that positive deposits coming from a finance person that like such a great play on words. <laughs> I will tell you what you said rings so loud and clear for me. A few years ago, I decided that I was going to go in the backyard and play catch with my son. He loves baseball. So it was very relevant to your point. It's something he loves. I'm not good. I didn't have a glove. I used like an old one of his. And 
but I, I would go out there and I didn't even want to do it. I would tell myself, I'm like, he wants me to do it. I'll go out for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'd go out for 15 minutes and then I'd come back in and do whatever else I was doing. And I started to do that a little more regularly. Do you know that when I went, I think that must've been fourth grade because there was a mother's day, fourth grade event at school and I sat in his seat and they write all the things that like that their mom does with them and that they love and there's so many other things that I considered like I sit and I play you know I talk gratitude with him at night I make him smoothies all the time I take him everywhere I you know all these things that I think are important and the most the thing that he said was how I play catch with him and I, I was like so taken away. And I'm maybe not telling the story as well as like it was a big deal for this Mother's Day event, like what they wrote. And so of all the things, I just was really shocked with that that was it. Right. And to your point, it's those little things that they love when they see us connected to it. Mm-hmm. Even though I thought I was swamped, I took 15 minutes and in my and I made 15 minutes and maybe I could make 30 or maybe I could make more and this is a reminder to me to keep doing this. But I love what you say there because I think that that it was so special for him. Mm-hmm. And you know and then fast forward all through COVID that was kind of our thing we'd go in the backyard. He's gotten much better as he's he's gotten older where I'm like you can't throw it that hard. I can't catch it. It hurts my hand. <laughs> hurts my right? Hand here. <laughs> But I'm still out there and, you know, he's getting older. Maybe he takes it a little for granted, but I I did. I played wiffle ball with him the other day Mm -hmm. and honestly, it's just not my thing, but I know he liked it. Yes. Yes. And it makes a world, those are the the moments that they remember, right? And they hold on to, and that's what makes your relationship so special with them, right? Um, So I try to make more moments like that. And to your point, it's like, we do things. We'll go to the zoo. We'll, I don't know, I'll take him to the grocery store. There's Dave and Buster's and whatnot. But just, hey, mommy, you want to do a puzzle? Put a us together? Sure. And for them, that's the world to them. Like, hey, my mom's sitting on the floor with me, you know, with all these crumbs from dinner. <laughs> so the floor up under her, you know, putting this puzzle together. This is awesome. And I just make it my business to create more moments like that with them. And it, it's hard, you know, three kids, like I'm, I was outnumbered with two, but like three, it's like a whole nother level, honestly. Um, but I've just learned to find that balance and like learn how to stagger, you know, bedtime. So everyone gets their own, you know, gets their time with me um, and just figure out a way to just have those special moments with them. Like, People say like kids grow really fast and you're not going to have those moments like, you know, it happens so fast. It it truly does. It really, really does. Well, and it's interesting you talk about the sitting on the floor and the puzzle playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as my son's gotten older, you know, he's got friends that jet set to amazing places and he's got other friends, you know, like us, we don't do a lot of travel, you know, COVID or no COVID. Mm -hmm. I do think that there are ways to take little adventures in our backyards. You know, there's 
in nature. Mm-hmm. We're lucky here in Connecticut, we've got the water so close, and I'm a huge fan of the water. But there are adventures that we can create that are memorable that don't have to be. As much as I long for like a, a wonderful vacation, it you know it doesn't always work out. Whether it's uh, travel, inconveniences, COVID, mm. uh, money, you know, insert there. I think that's something that I'm trying to work on with my older child, you know, because he's older than, than yours now. And as our kids get older, they kind of want to do their own things. And right. But there are ways, in fact, yes, there are many ways that they want to do their own things, but that we can still be there for them and make memorable moments that mean a lot to them, whether they admit it or not. They're not, right? Right? (laughs) What you have to look forward to. So can you tell us in terms of now, like Aiden's doing really well. Yes. Which you said, which is wonderful. How about your company? Like what makes you happy that you're working on now? I mean, this you've been through hardship, ups and downs, that and other things. Um, what is it that, maybe we'll go back to the hardship. What is it that got you through like a little joy you may have been able to find during that hard time? Mm-hmm. And then you transition. The second part of the question is what makes you happy now? Sure. Um, as I mentioned, just uh, one, having a business that affords me the flexibility to work around my kid's schedule to be present. Um, business is booming. It's it's going well um i really think honestly the timing even even though at the beginning it was scary because of the timing of it all i think it was supposed to happen that way all i can think about was if i was working at nine to five how would this even work out between like the repeat mris and all these other things but so you know having my business something i enjoy doing working with entrepreneurs that makes me happy right um working with different people meeting different people that's fun for me again but also being able to have that balance to control my schedule and make time for my children you know um so that's that's the beauty (laughs) of these two worlds um but really now what makes me really happy honestly is just having that balance and that control over my life i really felt like I was working according to someone else's plan and feeding and pouring into, you know, an organization or a company and wasn't taking the time to pour into myself and my family. And I think this year, my theme has really been about boundaries, um, intentionality and purpose. Those are my three words for this year. And, you know, just making sure that I'm always walking in my purpose um, I am intentional about the things that I do and the people that I work with and understanding, you know, how they affect me, my life and my family. Um, and also just creating those boundaries to protect that time, right? And to protect my family. Um, I, like I said, God doesn't make any mistakes. And just as, you know, you took the time to meet Barb and the fact that you found me through Barb, it's like, you know, there was a purpose and intentionality behind that. I, things don't happen. I don't believe in coincidence at all. You know, I think about the greater plan and, you know, how things happen the way they're supposed to. So even though I couldn't control what happened in, in February and I didn't understand it at the time, I think I've grown a lot and have been able to reflect and really my strength was tested. My faith was tested and 
I walk away knowing that I have a story to share with others, but also feeling stronger and just know having more comfort and in my faith and knowing that, all right, I'm recovered, right? And things are gonna come up again, but I know how to pull it together and, and get through it. Well, so beautifully said. Can you tell the listeners where they can reach out to learn more about your services and your company? Sure. Um, so you can visit our website at www.innovativeconsultingct.com. Um, even though we're based and our headquarters are in Connecticut, we do work with people all over. So our services are virtual. Um, we have clients in Wisconsin, California, in Georgia, New York, um, and of course here in Connecticut. And yeah, they can schedule a consultation call if they want to learn more about how we can help them with their business and manage their finances. All right. That is wonderful. And as the listeners know, uh, I end out each episode by playing the grateful game. Would you like to play with me? Sure. <laughs> all right. So if you're new to me, this is how you play. And this is how it all started. My son, when he was nine, we had a gratitude journal that I got from a speaking engagement and we sat in bed and we started talking about what we were grateful for and why and it got a little bit cumbersome doing it then and of course the light was on and so it evolved for us turning off the light putting the book underneath the bed and just lying down and sharing what we were grateful for and why in that day now to some people they might be like oh what does that what does that do for you what happened for us is it became a practice. It was almost like its own mindfulness tool where every day we would come back to each other at night and share something that we were grateful for and why. We would actually t give ourselves two minutes of time and make it a competition. And so the truth is, but this game can be played however you want it, whatever works for your family. If the kids are older, you can do it in the car. If you like doing it at mealtime. But to focus on that day or the last 24 hours, because what has happened is it has now made my son and I look throughout our day for the good. And that I think is a powerful tool of positivity. And so what I would like is for each of us, and I will start it out, to pick something in the last 24 hours that we're grateful for and why. And I oftentimes will talk about how you know, it's a, the really little teeny small things because those things, even when going through hardship, you know, they can make you smile. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful for my health. Yes, I'm grateful for my family. Yes, I'm grateful for the roof over my head. That goes without saying. But in the day-to-day, -day, what are the little things? I am going to say my one is my essential oils. I have two friends, Nikki and Caroline, that got me into essential oils. And this one, and you saw, Chantel, before this episode, we started recording. I put it on myself. It just, yes. it's aromatherapy. <laughs> it helps put me, when you smell something that brings back memories or good feelings, that oftentimes can put a smile on your face. And so I am grateful today. My friend Nikki actually made me this Mama Calm essential oils and I keep it on my desk. And so that's something silly and something small, but it put a smile on my face. So I am tossing it to you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Um, I would say I am grateful for my village. 
Um, I am grateful for them for helping out with the kids all the time. It is not easy um, ripping and running and managing various schedules. So just knowing that you have dependable people that your children love and connect with as well um, that can help you when you, you know, are stuck in traffic or whatever to go pick them up. So I am very grateful for them. Well, that is wonderful. And it sounds like they helped you through the hardest time in your life Absolutely. and that they're also here for the day to day like that. That's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you for playing the grateful game for you, the listener out there. I encourage you to take a moment whenever it is with um, someone you love or someone you like and have a conversation about gratitude because it really has shown in Harvard Medical School did a study on the importance of these little practices, specifically gratitude to help us heal, to help us find more happiness. So with that, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. I have through the tears and through the smiles you were incredibly inspirational. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. And I hope that we all remember that even during the hard times in life, it is possible to find joy during whatever we're going through. So have a wonderful day, everyone. And bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today you could do me a favor and take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. Honestly, you leaving a review really does help us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And if you tell your friends about us because you love us, they might as well. So let us know your thoughts. Please connect with us directly. We have a ton of fun on Instagram at Pretty Wellness and would love hearing from you. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you so much happiness and great health. Bye for now.